welcome back to Blurred Watchers with your hosts, me, Courtney, and Marshall. What to do? And we are back for our monthly review of the things we've been watching. How have you guys been? Have you been, been babe? I've been all right. A little under weather right now, but we've had a great weekend. We're recording now on Sundays, so just getting into this new rhythm mm-hmm. and um, great way to finish the weekend off and get the week started. It's also a great way to stay in shape. It's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> it's cool, it's refreshing, and it's a great way to stay in shape. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you've had a lot of talking today in particular because we have also been uh doing what we said we were going to do um over on our other podcast for months and months and months yeah dare i say years uh and recording more it was actually a really good show which is up now if you guys want to go listen to our other podcast which is blurred life with my wife um because we had just recently seen uh marvel's ant-man and the wasp quantumania yeah yeah really uh really great movie um us and the homies got together and did a roundhouse um review or round table review mm-hmm. so i mean if you guys get time i know you're having a great time over here on the pop break um we'll have that um page link down below if you ever want a little bit more content from us too yep and um you know we we're, we're, we're there we're we're recording stuff so yeah. well I don't think we've really been I, I mean not to say we haven't been doing much but it's been so far a pretty calm February Black History Month or whatever yeah um so let's just get right into it we've been actually watching shows oh my Whoa. god <laughs> who are y'all mm-hmm. and, and what have you done with my favorite podcast hosts um so here's the agenda we're going to cover quite a bit today, so yeah, we're going to jump right into it, but uh, we're going to start with the first episodes of Carnival Row were released this weekend, so we saw episode one and episode two. We're going to give you our thoughts. Um, Alex gave us a great recommendation for a show on Hulu called Extraordinary. Um, we watched that uh, in its entirety, so you're going to get a full season review of that season one and our thoughts. Um, the Terminalist from Amazon, which has come out recently starring Chris Pratt. Um, it's been out for a while, though. I wouldn't even really say recently. Semi-recently. It's not... I mean, it's 2022, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was probably the latter part of 2022. But either way, we watched that, and we're going to give you our full season review and give our thoughts. Uh, that That might... I don't think that's the season. I think that's I think that's just over. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. But we'll talk about it. We'll give our thoughts. Um, we did watch Hunters in its entirety, as we said that we would. We're going to come back and give our thoughts on season two, review that, and give our thoughts. And finally, it's been a hell of a journey so far with HBO's The Last of Us. And we are smack dab in the middle of the season. Um, the last time we got a chance to talk to you guys, there were two episodes out. We talked about those and gave our thoughts. And we're going to 
give a summary of the season up to episode five and how we're feeling about it at the midway point because there are only about four episodes left all right, let's get into it. You know what I like to do? I like to just have conversations. So when we like do the breakdown of like what the thing is going to be, that's not my favorite part. I like I would skip through that if I was listening to it. So Gemini, Courtney, love to talk. Let's do it. So first two episodes of Carnival Row. Um, we were really anticipating this because, I mean, we both really love this show. I love this show. Um, very disappointed to find that this season is going to be the last season. Um, and I feel like they kicked it off really well. So apparently you just found out that each since it's come out every Friday. Um, so this last Friday, the 17th of February was the premiere. Yeah. Um, each Friday, they're going to drop two episodes, two episodes until March 17th will be the The last yeah, the finale of the show period. Yeah. So what'd you think? Episode one and two, uh, Fight or Flight and New Dawn. Great, great television. Um, I mean, this is if y'all if y'all are familiar with the show and y'all listen to us, y'all know that we have a very soft spot for this IP, for this show, for this universe, right? So it's just bringing us back into this universe and setting up the intrigue and um, kind of picking up where we left off with these characters. You got Philo, who is now a critch, and he's living in the row with his lady love, Vignette, and they're awesome, and Vignette is, you know, trying to eke out a living and survive and fight for the people with this group of pixie radicals. Yeah, and Black Crow, right? The, something like yeah, that. something like that. And Philo knows about it, but, I mean, he's still doing his thing trying to you know help his people out so we open with him in uh a 3v1 like deathmatch or some shit yeah it looks like bare knuckle boxing basically yeah and he's you know got some agreement with the proprietor and he wins against two pixies and like a troll or something they don't really look like pixies though they didn't have wings what were they i don't know were they like they were some sort of critch. I okay. don't know. They didn't really say what type okay, of well, um, they, fae folk they were. They weren't. They weren't pixies for sure. She's right. But yeah, so he wins, and it turns out that he was doing all of this in order to get his friend, who was in the war with him, who he visits every day, uh, out of prison. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. He wasn't visiting him every day, and they had a little bit of a um, a Spat. row about it. Yeah. Yeah, because he was like, "What the fuck." Uh, you basically told me you ain't the first person to think with your penis. Uh, you just like left the left the coppers and left me in there to rot. Uh, what what the hell? And he was like, I'm sorry, man. I tried. And he's like, you ain't tried hard enough. Um, but they kind of got over it, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, his friend who was imprisoned for being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like how. For me, I like how the show basically just picked up after um, the Chancellor got murdered. Yeah. Um, so now you have his son and the son's half sibling, who are also lovers. Gross. Um, basically playing both sides of the Parliament because mm-hmm. she's part of the she's the head of the opposing uh, 
party party i was about to say team party uh and they're supposed to look like oh yeah yeah we're on opposite sides but really again they're they're playing both sides so they can get what they want but really so she can get what she wants which come to find out through both episodes i'm like what is it that she really wants um also in the first episode we see i couldn't remember vignette having that much of a contentious relationship with the leader of her of that pixie group yeah i mean i feel like that might be something that has been i feel like i kind of remember it because she she seemed like she wasn't really a nice lady to begin with and then i think she didn't like how people love vignette so it's like oh girl you're trying to yeah you're trying to take my spot yeah that's what it came up because she threatened her multiple times to chop off her wings i was like damn bitch yeah and vignette ends up getting some information from philo about a train that is transporting medicine because of course now that the crits are all confined confined to the carnival row there's like disease running through the pixies and you know yeah they're like rotting the birds are not helping them they're not helping them with any supplies or medicine so philo tells um off screen philo tells um vignette about these shipments and her and her her group go and they rob the trains for this vital medicine that will help yeah but it's really just like to ease the pain it's not curative or anything like that yeah it's a treatment so it's not you know, so people are still dying, but, you know, um, and they're just in dire straits. Uh, ultimately, we find out that the friend of Vignette, I forget her name, but she was there when that old um, witch lady yeah, that seer or whatever died. And now that 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 witch lady's powers are coming into her and she's being taken over and possessed and while, she, while this happens, she's like killing cats and stuff. But there's also some type of creature who is out and has its own designs doing the things that, that it wants to do. And it, it kills a cop. And um, Philo's friend from back in the in, in, in the force when he was a cop, you know, summons him basically. It's just like, yo, I understand you're a critch or whatever, but you can help us solve this case. Mm-hmm. And the other cops have a big issue with this because apparently, you know, because Philo's you know, a critch, he's like yeah. useless as a cop or some shit. So I think a lot of them were jealous of him anyways. And oh, now yeah. that they found that he's a critch, they're all like, oh, that justifies their negative feelings about him, which, you know what? Actually, I'm going to keep it cute. I'll just keep it there. But okay. yeah. When people have negative feelings about somebody and then something comes out and they're like, oh, that's what I can use to justify my negative feelings, Um, which I mean, I think happens in a lot of shows. So there there's that. Um, But also, it's not like he's living the high life in the row because the critch don't like him either. They call him a half breed. Yeah. So he's like basically a man out of place. And he's a former cop which they talk about there too it's basically like a cop going to prison it's like oh we're definitely gonna give you shit i didn't i didn't get that because i felt like i felt like when he was last season the critch knew him as a cop that's gonna be like out for them though like 
I mean, kind of, but when, like, during the fight and stuff like that, they kept on saying, like, he was a former officer, and then people were yelling at him, calling him a half-breed. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah at that bare-knuckle boxing place. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, so this monster is going around killing. Uh, he's killed the cop. And he, he, the monster ends up killing two of the high-ranking members of the Black Ravens, including the one who was jealous of the vignette. Mm-hmm. Ripped off their heads and their wings. Yeah, and put them on, on a wall. Spikes. Yep. So there's there's this new mystery being positioned this season as to where last season we had this monster who was killing Fang or killing Pixies. Um, Philo's, eventually we find out that Philo's mom was his was that monster's first um, victim. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of getting set up with this, you know, another murder mystery in the room. Yeah, and I'm here for it. Yeah, we find out the monster was basically looking for him, right? Yeah. Yeah, because um, the chancellor's wife didn't want any opposition to her right. son. What was yeah? Because that prophecy from that witch lady. Yeah. So um, the and the one that is inheriting her powers is Tourmaline. Tourmaline, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, at the end of last season, we find out that not only is the chancellor's son not actually his son, but we find out that Philo is his secret bastard mm-hmm. with and the, the yeah, and older um, with the pixie who was killed. So yep. Philo was, you know, investigating what ended up being his mother's murder. But he was a, well, he was orphaned. He didn't he never knew his parents or whatever, but he found out. And his dad was just like, yeah, you're mine. And, you know, but then he got killed. Yeah, he got killed by a fawn. Speaking of fawns, Agraeus and um, he's, I don't know. Imogen? I was going to say his wife, but I guess they're not really married. They just no, they're not married. running around. Imogen. And then, I don't know if you would even call it a hint. It looked like Imogen is pregnant. Uh, I didn't see that. Maybe. I feel like she was holding her stomach, and then she had a dream where her brother was like stabbing her in the stomach. Yeah, I mean that could be. Yeah, I wouldn't put it. I mean, he was fucking shit out of her. So, okay. um, I yeah, I wouldn't put it. But they're in not the burg. They're they're over in the pack. Yep. And there's a revolution happening in the pack right now, and they're basically captured in this community of revolutionaries yeah, who Christian you know Christian humans living Christian together, humans living together. but um Agrius is still in kind of hot water he was about to be shot mm-hmm. um for being a traitor uh somehow and then it was stopped so we're still kind of seeing what's going on here because Imogen was guided to the house and she met this lady and um now she's at another place and I thought that Agrius owned all of this shit, but I guess not. Nah, they were just like putting them up. He owned his, I guess he owned his ship and stuff like that, but then, you know, they confiscated that. So right. we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I guess we kind of went through the first and the second episode kind of all mashed in together. Yeah. Uh, essentially, um, essentially, Philo wants to come out as the the former chancellor's son and he's not basically he's saying he's not looking 
to become the chancellor or something like that or take over because he knows it's going to be contested and he's a bastard. So they're not really not going to be into that. Um, and he's half cringe. So, yeah, besides being a bastard, like the, the part that's illegitimate, well, all of it's illegitimate, but half of them is, is cringe. So they're not going to like that. But essentially he's saying he wants to start turmoil yeah. and a scandal. And then that will... Ultimately, lead to the chancellor losing his position and being replaced by someone he he assumes couldn't be any worse. Right, which is crazy to me because I feel like somebody else will probably make their lives even worse. Well, maybe not because then we saw the meeting with the opposition Mm. where his uh, his sister wife, whatever you want to call her, Sophie. Um, she is talking to them about like getting their factories and stuff like that back up and running by leveraging the war that's going on in the pact. And they're all like, yeah, with this new policy, with the new chancellor, he's fucking everything up. They're all locked up in the ghettos and we don't have nobody to work in our factories for Mm -hmm. a low wage. So perhaps he's right. Cause even if they're, I hate to say like, even if they're, but even if they are, exploiting them for lower wages they're still not being locked away in a ghetto and they get to go out and make money money yeah and not be trapped someplace where it's just breeding disease yeah it's crazy um she's calculating and continuously impressive how her schemes like she's scheming right now like whether she's leader of the opposition or not to be financially formidable yeah i mean but they're showing that it looks like she doesn't actually really have money because they were saying that they would have to sell some more things but outside of that she's also hiding was it a fawn i think so right a female fawn in her in her employ right in her attic like she had her in a room locked away and like she seemed very they seem they both seemed very fond of each other so i'm like okay you just had a whole bunch of fawns get their heads chopped off right so and then you're encouraging your half brother to like keep them all locked up and and basically persecute them for pretty much no reason and yet you're promising like freedom and other things to this fawn. So I'm like, what's really going on? She's extremely what's what's the word that you use? Duplicitous? Yeah, oh no, and for real. For real, for it's, real. It's like part of the fun for me with her character is like you said, just figuring out like what is your plan? There's definitely no two people that see the same side of her. No. Everybody gets a different face. Yeah. And she's like overhearing the other lawmakers in her party and like making plans and like she's playing chess and everybody else is playing tic tac toe. Oh yeah, basically they basically they said what she overheard was um essentially they're only allowing her to keep the seat while she's still in mourning cuz it seems like I guess that would be the polite genteel thing to do, mm-hmm. but like as soon as she's out of her mourning period, they're going to try and do whatever they can to oust her. And she's already setting up a plan, putting the bug in the chancellor's ear about playing both sides of this 
of this packed revolutionary war, mm-hmm. selling Giving them both, both guns, them, yeah, and then using that those profits in the industry of her party, buying out her parties with the last little money that she has, buying out their uh, controlling stake in all of their companies. So that when this war pops off and and the Berg is required to supply these arms and ammunitions, her companies are standing to make the most money. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just as a matter of fact in history, that's usually what happens. Yeah, economies boom during during war times. You're right. So. Yeah, I was about to say it's not like nothing like that has ever happened. Definitely not with America. Oh, not no. playing both sides oh, and no. being like, "Oh yeah, such and such has weapons of mass destruction." And it's oh, like, no. you know, because you sold it to them in the eighties. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh. So yeah. So first two episodes, man. I'm gonna consider that part one. Because mm-hmm. they're they're dropping these episodes two at a time. Yeah. There's five weeks. We're gonna drop them two every two weeks. So I would consider if if it was me, I wouldn't even make them separate episodes. Like just make one episode, just two hours. I mean, yeah. I I think as a society, we have proven that we are willing to binge everything. Uh so why not? Two hours is nothing. Yeah, and then you got a week to watch that two-hour episode or an hour and 40 minutes or whatever it is. Because um, we just sat and we watched them both. We would have watched more if they were there. But no, for real, for real. We would have just so, kept going. But either way, um, overall thoughts on um, the first two episodes of Carnival Row? I think it was a strong opening. Um, I think they are, I mean, clearly they're sticking with a formula because yeah. now we have another creature that's going around just killing people and we have to find out what it is. I'm cool Although at this point, most everyone except for Tourmaline, who's still trying to figure out what the fuck she's even seeing, um, but most everyone doesn't even know that there's a creature out there that is hunting people down. And it looks like Tourmaline is seeing the future because the vision she's seeing there was one where philo was shooting at this creature mm-hmm. so um yeah so this she the- also she also saw the two people get murdered before mm-hmm. that happened yeah she saw the creature come upon them yeah right um I yeah so they're sticking with a formula I'm excited to see what happens next um I feel like they came out the gate strong and I was just thinking instead of what they did I I don't know what they thought was going to happen with rings of power but the money they spent on that they could have just gave to carnival row to have another season or two it would have been nice because that didn't even start off great. Amazon was so thirsty to have something to fill the Game of Thrones area, time, mm-hmm. um, cultural zeitgeist, if you will. Like, they wanted something to, they wanted that. And they wanted it so bad. And they waited so long that by the time they actually got something off the ground to take the attention game of thrones had already had their their prequel series up and running and they ended up going head to head and amazon ended up losing badly yeah they could have just stuck with wheel of time uh and then we're not going to talk about it 
in this episode. Probably in our next episode, we'll talk about it because we'll have time to watch Vox Machina. Vox Machina season two, yeah. Um, so they should have just stuck, I think, with those two. I can't remember if they have anything else in that fantasy um, vein. So, yeah, disappointing. But I feel as though with this and another Amazon show that we'll talk about, they... Um, I mean, they redeem themselves. They have so much other good yeah, content. So, for sure. Yeah. They have plenty of amazing content. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, babe. I mean, I'm here for it. This is very much the carnival road that I know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, Philo is such a great lead character. I mean, he doesn't do everything right, but he's got a good heart. And his relationship with Vignette is just beautiful. I love the way when they hug and embrace, like, their wings come around and hug with them. Yeah. And I don't know if I recall that from season one. I don't know that they had the budget to animate the wings so much. Because I feel like even now in these episodes, there's more interaction with Pixies and their wings that is, like, animated. Like, I remember one time that Vignette, like, kind of lost her balance and she like used her wings to kind of steady her mm-hmm. and I just thought that that was beautiful and there's so much more um, flight and verticality to this season even so far and I love that because I feel like those weren't a lot of things that they had the license to do last season from a visual standpoint yeah which is interesting given the fact that now in Carnival Row which has turned into a ghetto um, they've got those pixie wires, wires yeah. yeah, to keep them from flying. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's like flight is illegal for them or mm-hmm. something. Um, and there was that one beautiful scene before they went and attacked the train where they cut through the wires and was able to fly mm-hmm. up. And she was kind of like, you know, stretching yeah. almost, uh, which I thought was incredible imagery. So, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm very satisfied with the first two episodes, of course. This season is going to end up, you know, playing out probably just like last season. And I'm fine with that. I don't mind the seasons being similar in structure because it's such an amazing world and such good characters. At this point, it's the, kind of the countdown to the end. And I'm, I'm, I'm already feeling, you know, sad. Yeah. So. That's all I got. All right. On to the next. What else are we discussing? next up is Extraordinary from Hulu and this was another Alex is the Goat (laughs) recommendation Um, yeah so let's let's get into it Extraordinary from Hulu talk about the basis or like what's going on here because well, yeah, so it's, it's a good premise yeah so essentially we are in uh, I guess what you would call an alternate universe uh, and in this time in the world everybody has a superpower um, and you gain your power on your 18th birthday mm-hmm. our main pardon me our main character um, <coughs> I'm sorry what was her name Jen Jen our main character, she uh, is 25, and she does not have a power. What the? F- right. So, um, essentially, we are following her along uh, and during her daily life, interacting with everybody else in the world who has a power whilst she has none, uh, and trying to figure out how to, if she can, activate her power. 
Uh, and basically the way that people treat her is basically like, and, and this was part of the trailer. Um, she was like, I don't have a terminal disease or anything like that. Um, but yeah, people kind of look at her like she's weird because she doesn't have a superpower. She feels outcast. She feels uh, unaccepted by society. She feels, you know, upset and kind of, you know, not 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 like a regular person. Mm-hmm. Um, in this world, the majority of people have superpowers by the age of 18. And if you don't, you're just weird or lame or, you know, people... Like, it, it drives the economy. Like, people get jobs based off of their power. Her yeah. best friend, uh, Carrie, her power is being able to channel spirits of dead people. And, you know, people can talk through her. Like, she can actually let people talk to people who are dead. It's so, crazy because she has a crazy good power. And they basically let... I mean, it's a nice loft. I think it's like a two-story apartment anyway. Yeah, it's which, like a nice flat yeah it's a nice flat um but still she's living in there with her boyfriend who doesn't work and her friend and you would just think she would be living a little bit more lavishly with a power like that especially with the fact it seems she is actually a lawyer um even though they don't really allow her to practice the law her law firm basically just uses her for her power right right it's like she's super competent and like able to do the job but they're just like no you can pour us coffees and when it's time to bring in the dead people for this type of litigation then we'll bring you in right a lot of it looks like not estate planning but estate managing yeah like of you know wills and um settling you know estate uh um suits and things like Mm -hmm. that so i mean it's like for Jen not to have a power is really kind of like in this society, so many people's powers become their identity and Jen doesn't have a power. So she just feels like she has no identity. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot throughout the show. We see some flashbacks of her when she was younger and stuff like that. And it honestly seems like that's a trend for her regardless. Like even when she was a teenager before she turned 18, she just seemed very I don't know like like a like a what do they call it like a boat without a rudder you know yeah. lost aimless. directionless yeah. yeah so I mean but ultimately um, let's go through the season so there are eight episodes of the season this and is a half like, an hour yeah I was going to say they're all like 30 minutes that's why yeah. it's so easy for us to go through all of them yeah so we sat and we watched this in one sitting and it was really good so it's like a really it's it's adult first off mm-hmm. it's very mature um, it's got a sly humor about it the main character Jen I'm not awesome with like she was you know she's 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 your typical main character I guess but she's also very selfish and she's not perfect this world of people is not perfect but she's in a, a unique position whereas though she just doesn't have any powers and I think that's kind of the reason that she's the main character because otherwise there's really nothing else special about her well i mean in a world of everyone being special 
you know you yeah. could have chosen we could have chosen anyone to be the the titular character i think she or not the titular character because the show's not called jen but um i mean she seems to she's very selfish she does tend to make things about her when it's not about her or when people are being praising themselves she finds mm-hmm. a way to kind of make it about her mm-hmm. uh in particular the relationship she has with her younger half sibling mm-hmm. um even though her sister was kind of a dick anyways and it's like okay is it like a terrible what, relationship yeah it's like what came first the chicken or the egg like are you a dick because your sister's a dick and that's the way that you grew up learning oh this is how i have to relate to her because she's a selfish bitch so there's no point in me wanting to be nice to her or were you already just an asshole uh and it's just two assholes fighting each other yeah um but yeah she she has her moments though where it's like okay you are you can be sweet but throughout the show you see most of everything she does her aim is for self Mm -hmm. so like even when she there was one episode where she was trying to help her friend um and like negotiate getting money and ugh, first of all her friend Carrie fumbled a bag which is Fumble. an understatement but she put in this energy to help her and to negotiate for her to get 300,000 pounds but basically cuz Carrie was like oh yeah and you could use that money for this clinic which is supposed to help you find your power and that's it's kind of purely the reason why she was doing it. Yeah, I mean, she first off, she completely undercut in the beginning. The dude had to correct her and be like, "No, I meant three hundred thousand. Right? She thought three hundred dollars. <laughs> like, like how broke are y'all? Like, yo, you have a person who can commune with the dead, and she, she, she does have resourcefulness. She was able to come down there, dress a certain way you know make this dude think that as some capacity she is representing her friend um professionally and actually i think that would probably be the best I mean, use of her really. work like she she gave him a card he's like this is this is hand- she's but, like well it's a boutique we're a boutique agency yeah we're very hands-on and it's like oh okay cool but like she's just so aimless and it's hard to watch main characters like this because it's like I kept hoping like all right maybe by the season finale she'll get her power um but we're jumping ahead so um Jen finds this cat who comes into her flat and she's like oh okay free cat <laughs> like well yeah she finds him on the street and she's looking around and like nobody seems to so she just opens the door and he walks right on in and you said immediately this cat is a shapeshifter yeah and I was like, no, it looked like a regular cat. Um, come to find out, yes, you were right. As usual, the cat was a shapeshifter, sh- shapeshifter who they named Jizzlord. Right, because she had a date with somebody, and this guy was like, his power was if anybody touches him, like his skin, uh, they have an orgasm. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's got to be great. That's pretty funny. He's like, yeah, no. The way that I learned about it, was on his 18th birthday where he met his dad who he hadn't seen in years and he did something that like made his dad proud and he wanted to shake his hand 
uh yeah and oh he was wearing light khakis and then he was like we thought he was having a heart attack so i took off his shirt and was doing chest compressions and he was like yep every the khakis time. were ruined every time so that's an example of like the dark humor of mm-hmm. the way they take this this premise of superheroes and everybody having a power because like there are some really dumbass powers like her mom jen's mom can like interact or control technology but her mom doesn't know how to use her power right she doesn't understand she doesn't understand technology so she's just like fucking useless um her father-in-law or her stepdad excuse me um has a power to read people's emotions yeah it's like you can smell them or something like that and like there's very there's like a whole bunch of powers like some people you know use their flight powers and run their own business as like a uber and she's dating this one guy or i guess they're fuck buddies and his power is flight but he don't fly her nowhere he don't want nothing to do with her like in public she's just literally like a fuck for him so there's that and she's like super like in love with him or something I don't think she's really in love. She just wants him to Claim notice her. her, I guess. Yeah. And especially for the fact that I guess she got him and he's, you know, very conventionally attractive. Apparently, all the people who um, get the power of flight, uh, or in particular the the men, they call them flyboys, which I was like, okay. Um, we do meet a guy who can summon sea creatures, but that's it. He can't yeah. do anything else with him. There's a guy who can phase through walls, but he has to be. He can't take anything with him, uh, and I guess he has performance anxiety sometimes. So it looks like not all the time can he fully get through the walls, or sometimes he gets stuck. Uh, which these people happen to be a part of a vigilante group that carry who is the one that can commune with the dead, her boyfriend who doesn't do anything. Um, he, yeah, he he just wants to be important. He wants to be a hero. Right. Um, so he puts together this ragtag vigilante group, but he himself is very selfish and yeah. very juvenile. Um, and instead of looking for work and stuff like that, which Carrie is really asking for, he decides he'd rather pursue this. And, and then even in that, he is not a good, quote unquote, leader to this group. He abandons them. He's terrible. Um, he's stupid. And he has a dope power because he can rewind time by 10 seconds at will. Anytime. He could just do that. And it's just like why aren't you rich like i understand that the world is full of people with superpowers is it 10 seconds it's got to be more than 10 seconds i'll I'll just take an effort from the episode summary Hmm. or the um character summary i feel like it's got to be more than 10 seconds because there was one instance where he was talking to that guy and then he rewound all the way back to when they were out in front of his house that was definitely more than 10 seconds yeah you're right maybe it you know maybe it varies i don't know Mm. but um there is a limit because he was in situations where he was trying to i guess it depends on how much energy he has true so like everybody in this universe they have their power but they're activated by some type of emotion or i feel like there's some type of system for checks and balances right because with the flyboy 
like once he got um basically turned down like he couldn't fly anymore yeah like his confidence was performance anxiety yeah so uh and i think the guy who was trying to phase through walls it might have something to do with energy for him too because he was like i literally can't like i'm i i'm tired or some shit like that um so it does go to show me like when you see these other shows with powers and stuff like that like this universe chooses to take it that you know these people are basically rookies with their powers like you have to really practice this stuff mm-hmm. to become good at it um and they talked about their limits all the time like the dude that can fly was like you, you know there's there's a weight limit basically like I'm, well, i can't yeah, how just how much i can carry yeah yeah like so there's you know there's they're not they're not all powerful and um we it's got definitely that giving my hero academia <laughs> except uh, for not you know going to hero school yeah or villain school but everybody in the world has a power I, I would love to get back into my hero academia i was just thinking about that um after our last recording i was gonna think like oh i wonder whenever you're gonna get back into that or restart it i feel like i'm at the point i would have to restart it mm. because i've missed so much and i remember most of it but i think i would need a pretty pretty good refresh we could restart the anime okay we had also restarted Hunter Hunter. Sorry, well, sidetracked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it was just her fault. She said my hero. Yeah. So we were talking about the cat who's called Jizz Lord, and we were also talking about the fling or not all the way fling that Jen was having with a guy who can make people uh, orgasm by yeah. touch alone because he, you know, they were gonna hook up. And I'm like, okay, easy win. Easy win for the girls, man. Because the orgasm gap for heterosexual women and men is just, it's crazy. Well, he said, it's important for me to know I can do it on my own and put on a damn glove. And it was like, sir, this was a layup. Why? So she's just sitting there. So she has to fake an orgasm with a man who can make people orgasm with just a touch. And then he sets up basically like a little pillow fort for them to cuddle but not cuddle. And so she wakes up in the morning. She's like, I'm just going to go for it to touch his face. But then the cat jumps on the bed and he looks like he's about to touch him with her paw. And she's like, no, 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 no. And he does. And he... uh. Catches is all over yeah. his face, and so he is called Jizz Lord. Uh, and then what was it that same episode or the next episode? We find out he turns back into a man, and we're like, Oh, I mean, he was in his cat form, but he jizzed on that guy, yeah, which they allude to in the season finale. They meet again, and he's like, Are we Have met we? before? Right, yeah, uh. Overall, man, um, great show. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying this thing that we're getting now, where Marvel is so big and they're popularizing superheroes and DC, of course, but it's really giving people creative action to be able to kind of turn these ideas and and things on their heads. And this is another example of that you know we've got the boys, we got Invincible. We got those type of shows, but this one is a little bit quirky and it's, you know, not as self-serious, which is 
Um, it's a nice break from yeah. shows like Invincible and The Boys because although both of those are very good, um, they they take a toll. <laughs> um, they yeah. take a mental toll, and sometimes you just need like this was. It wasn't dark, but it definitely is raunchy. Yeah, but it's lighthearted. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean they play with some fairly heavy ideas sometimes but it's never like but it's raunchy like there was one yeah. part where she's like why did your girlfriend break up with you she's like oh did you break her pelvis and then she's just like yeah. her, this is her sister her sister's a lesbian and she doesn't say anything she's like oh my god you finger banged your girlfriend into whatever she's like it was just a pelvic fracture and it's like yo that's crazy because i mean yeah you have super strength now babes like you were 18 you're still discovering your powers you i mean yeah you finger banged yeah 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 it was kind of sad though because she was like lying about getting into some conservatory um but she i mean she doesn't have the dexterity anymore to play the violin because she's too fucking strong she broke her violin yep so I mean, these are the things that can happen. Your life changes at eighteen, and um, you know, hopefully, she can do something that can take advantage of her strength. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. real life comes at you fast. Yep. So you know, it, it's really good. Basically, we're following Jen. She's trying to raise money so that she can um, get to this program to find out what her what her power is. Yeah. Um, then we're also seeing with Carrie, her relationship with her boyfriend, how that's kind of going. Um, what's his name? Bilal? Cash. Cash. Oh, he's played by a guy named yeah. Bilal Hasna. Cash. Um, you know, the relationship with him, it's kind of, I guess, fizzling out. He doesn't <laughs> seem to be really putting in much effort, which kind of looks like that's the that's the trend of his life and the things he endeavors to do there was one line where because she can commune with the dead she was able to commune with like one of these old kings from like 400 years ago and Jim was like you know what does that say about your relationship when you're having more fun or having a more um, fulfilling fulfilling time with a man that's been dead for over 400 years Uh, which is crazy she essentially was cheating on her boyfriend with a with dead, dead man. guy yeah um but you know we're seeing how that relationship is i want to say progressing but not really how it's regressing um and that was the one thing at the end where we were like he's not a good guy because mm-hmm. he basically throws her this big party and stuff like that and is doing all these nice things for her but at the beginning of the episode she's like yeah basically she's thinking about breaking up with him and then all of a sudden he's doing all these things and then we were both were like is he turning back time mm-hmm. and finally at the end he decides he wants to use his powers where there's so much shit that happens where he doesn't use his powers and it looks like every time she tries to have the talk with him he, he says oh time. that's a good idea and then she's like no 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 and he rewinds it and then uses that against her because nobody else knows that he rewinds it mm-hmm. he's the only one that knows that he did that so yeah turns out he had been rewinding time throughout the entire time she had been trying to break up with him and that's where the party came from and that's where all these people and all this stuff that he was doing that just seemed to be perfect you thought of everything 
Like, nah, babe, he can rewind time. And you know he can rewind time. Mm-hmm. So it's like... And then we find that as he does it, it uses up a lot of his energy. Yeah. Uh, so that's why he is unable to do it for longer periods of time to rewind. When she finally realizes that's what he's done, it's basically away from him. So she doesn't have to worry about that time being rewound and her at least not remembering that point. But yeah, she's like, oh my God, I think every time I go to talk to him, he's like rewinding time. Uh, and finally, you know, they break up and he tries to rewind time, but because he's so exhausted, he's basically just rewinding it to the beginning of her sentence of saying that she wants to yeah. break up. His power has diminished and returns at that point because he's so exhausted. Um, He's been trying to drink this energy drink and it's just not working anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's desperate because he was already hitting way above his 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 line. You know what I mean? As far as being with her. Oh, yeah. She he paid for everything. Boxing above his weight. He class. wasn't working. Yeah. And she's just like, I can't lose her because she's my livelihood, basically. Like, I mean, I think there were some feelings there as well. I don't think it was that. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, he but, loved her, but yeah. also, realistically, yeah, that she was yeah. his livelihood, and yeah. he was desperate. Um, in conjunction with that, Jen and Jizz Lord uh, had kissed. Yeah, they the had a little. Yeah, they had a little adventure where they were trying to find out who he was, and they had to go out in the town with uh, Doctor Doolittle that was crazy that's one of the parts where it's like it's funny this was a little bit dark where when he listens to animals they're basically all like crying in pain. screaming at him yeah like he's looking at this like cute that's little his turtle. superpower he's a he's a veterinarian who can look, hear animals just like dr doolittle mm-hmm. and that's his power it's just like if it was me fam, i would be in a different i would be in a different industry industry because like yeah. yeah be somewhere where i never have to listen to animals because the first thing we see is oh he's looking at this cute little turtle and the turtle's like kill, kill me, me. Yeah. and then he's putting him back and he's like oh you're just gonna that's right just walk away like you always do coward yeah. and i was like oh my god and this we is saw so dark a dentist whose power was uh creating a a backup song yeah, for however when, the person close to them their is soundtrack feeling. yeah she was like oh they didn't tell you what my power was yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of dumb powers like but I mean everybody has one so well right but there's that one guy who works in the costume slash party store and I guess his breath is helium so he blows up all the balloons yeah so you know you, you find your niche yeah and that's what i'm saying people people find work based off of their power that'd be interesting to kiss him if you kiss him and you share air when you when you go to talk you have that helium voice okay is it like constricts your vocal cords or whatever yeah yeah fine overall thoughts i was oh god i was entertained I'm like, maybe we should make that a drinking game. Every time I say I was entertained, take a shot. You could get pissy and strong. Fucked up. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it. It was funny. I was glad that you enjoyed it. Um, typically, I don't know if that would be your judge, but you liked it, which made me happy because we got to watch it together. Yeah. 
and you were actually like awake and interested so i was awake and interested and it's a good show um it's got clever writing um like i said maybe it's not even the main character maybe it was her actress that i didn't really care for like she didn't really like maybe she did too well maybe she was just too typically the regular girl Hmm. and you know her best friend was fine if not a little like her best friend give me a lot of like smart dummy vibes yeah definitely like, really book smart but just don't have a lick of common sense you know or very little common sense she goes and she sees this old bully when they go back to their uh, high school for something and the bully is just like well you've never like Jen's never been a good friend to you and she's like no she's been great and she's like well my power is to relive people's memories and relive my memories so do you want to go back and relive memories and they were like yeah and it just showed Jen being an absolutely terrible person to her it was kind of funny because the bully was like she was like oh I turned over a new leaf one of the things if you can relive your own memories you get to see how things were and she was like you know I was a dick or whatever and then it was just like Carrie was such a pushover that it annoyed her so much she couldn't help but bully right. her. She's like, you're just an easy target. She's like, you know what? I just I need to remove myself. Yeah. Because she was being really mean to her. I think she called her a cunt. I was like, oh my God. And then she was like, and your jumper's very ugly. But there was a point where they switched jumpers and she was like, this is your jumper. I guess it looked ugly on her. Her sweater. But either way, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. So maybe there is hope for me with British um, <gasps> shows and whatnot. Well, let's not let's not give me too much hope. I I'm would sorry. love that, but I'm sorry. Okay, um, yeah, I would give it a solid seven and a half. All right, nice. I would probably give it. You know what? That's that seems fair. Seven and a half seems fair. I wish it were longer. On a good day, maybe I would give it. A, you know what? That's a good criticism. the The episodes were were pretty short, but that also made it easy to binge. Yeah. The whole season. You know, actually, I feel like it's typical of um, British shows. I actually you know what I was gonna say. It's longer, which is funny because tip. But I think it works out to be about the same. Which is a joke, I think, with British shows like with like Luther or yeah. Broadchurch or something like that, or something like that. Words mm, mm. English, they're like an hour and a half to two hours long per episode, but there's four episodes or right. three episodes, whereas this was eight episodes, but they're thirty minutes. But when you think about it, if you're watching them all in conjunction, it still kind of equals out to the same amount of time. Yeah. Um, but you're not having the same development per episode slash season show as you would with the long form episodes, but the shorter season. So. Cool. <laughs> well, that. uh gives us our coverage of uh, Extraordinary. Yes, onwards and upwards. Our next show. I liked it. Um, Me too. Well, next up is the Terminal List. Okay, so I had been thinking about watching the show for a while. Mm-hmm. I had heard, I had heard good things about it. Um, I've been recently listening to a podcast called Shits and Gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, two guy, the two guys on there, Fuhad and James, 
they are British and they watch shows, but really their their podcast is kind of variety. Yeah. Uh, they do have a structure, but it's very heavily com- comedic. Uh, they're just very funny. Um, but they also talk about shows they're watching and they were talking about the terminal list and how much they enjoyed it and, and, and they thought it was so good. And I've been listening to them, listening to them a lot lately. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it. Now, of course, I had my misgivings. The reason why I hadn't been watching it is because of uh, Chris Pratt. Um, But I've heard people say that he isn't really that bad. And he's been distancing himself from that evangelical church that he was a part of. And, you know, I'd like to believe that he's not a bad person. I honestly... But then, you know, I, I forget which I forget what show we were on or what we were talking about with Alex, but he made a good point that I think we're all holding on to Andy Dwyer mm. and we're looking at him as Andy Dwyer. Mm. But the thing is, like a lot of shows where like like the Graham Norton show, he was on the Graham Norton show one time. I, I forget what he was promoting. It probably it probably was Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that because okay. he looked like he looked like he was in Marvel shape, and the stories he was telling, and he did some magic on the show, and he was just very. I think this was back also when he was married to Anna Faris. Okay. So I don't know if this was before, or after. No, this they were still married during the first Guardians, I think. But anyways, he was still married to Anna Faris. And he was just, he was giving Andy Dwyer vibes, like mm-hmm. just like this lovable kind of bro guy. And he could tell good stories and he was funny and he was charming and engaging. And really, it felt like this is Chris Pratt. Um, so I hope that that's what he's like. And I do hope that he is not an asshole and he's getting away from that evangelical church i don't know maybe i have to look it up more but regardless we decided to watch it yeah i loved it it was it was oh boy i loved it it was good yeah i hate to say it. you know what else i think we were basing it off of like oh i don't really want to watch this that other movie the was it the tomorrow war yeah tomorrow war that wasn't great that wasn't great at all. So the terminal list came out July first, twenty twenty two. Um, in February twenty twenty three, it was renewed for a second season. Okay, so I don't know what they're gonna do because as we'll we'll uh, we'll talk more about it. But okay, uh, that's what I thought. That's what I thought I heard. But yeah, which funnily enough, Tomorrow War came out on um on Amazon Prime too. Yeah, Brad that must got great. he must got like a little deal or something with them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this was no tomorrow war. This was fucking good, mm. and it was so. You tell me, how do you feel? We came in. They were on a mission in Syria. Yeah, I, I was asleep, and I woke up, and I caught you because you started it. Oh my god! It was like the literally the first minute of the of the first episode. My body, my body told me to wake up because you was about to leave me again. But uh, I woke up. Yeah, so they're they're on a mission and they're going through like the intel, mm-hmm. and they're like, "All right, you know, we're looking for this doctor who specializes in um, biological warfare or something like that." So they're getting the mission together. Just like, "Yo, here's the intel we got. Are we going on them?" And everybody decides, like, "Yeah." So 
Lieutenant Commander James Reese, who is Chris Pratt, is running the operation. His team, who he's been with for however many years, people that he's really close with, he's Navy, Navy SEALs. Seals. Yep. Um, and, you know, they're, they're a brotherhood. Uh, so they get into this mission and, you know, they're like, you know, things are going to go silent with the comms and stuff like that because we're in these um, underground um, tunnels and whatnot. Um, excuse me. Um, and the team ends up getting ambushed. They have a um, like a, one lone guy that just knows the area, the typography and things like that. Yeah. Um, from, I guess, the Syrian army so he's with no, them as well I think he's more like a civilian because basically what they're saying they were like do you that was one thing that they were saying to reese they were like do you really trust him especially like he seems real nervous and he was like nah it's personal for him um you know this regime or whatever killed his family so yeah, yeah I, I trust him or whatever yeah so they get down there and of course they get ambushed mm-hmm. people dropping like flies um the all the tunnels are booby trapped um, yep, they, they got tripwires underneath they the They got tripwires and things like that. So essentially, his whole team gets wiped out. It's just him and one other of his teammates. Yep. And this is a catastrophic failure of a mission. They get them out. They get their bodies out or whatever. But for the most part, his whole team is dead. And he flies home with what he thinks is one his only teammate left alive. But also, he got hit with a blast which knocked him into a wall and like basically gave him a concussion. So he is having some 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 issues with remembering and then also just like seeing and stuff like that. Like he's just having dizzy spells and stuff. So which we come to find oh they just love that shit because literally the shit starts. I mean, besides his whole fucking his whole fucking team dying right um so besides that shit the shit starts the the espionage and the conspiracy uh starts immediately conspiracy yes so he gets back home and everyone's like yo what the fuck happened like listen to this and he's like that's not what happened they're like well this is you know this is um this is the sound from you know your 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 radio comms yeah, or whatever. Here are the recordings, and you're telling us that this didn't happen. So he's just like, "Well, what the fuck? Who can manipulate the recording?" So he's already thinking, like, "All right, it's some fuck shit going on because mm-hmm. my whole team got murdered." And then coming to find out, the next day after he got home, the one dude who actually did go home from his team supposedly takes his own life right quote unquote kills himself and he's like what the fuck like nah he wouldn't kill himself like he was just fine when we left and all the second stuff and they were like what are you talking about and he was like when we left he was fine and they were like he left the day with the bodies like he left the day before you he wasn't with you and he was like what and it was funny because you were like oh wasn't he there and i was like because he meets up with um or not meets up but this reporter ambush right but this reporter ambushes him at in a bar and this is after he i believe has had his brain scan where they're like oh we're just checking to see it looks like you have a concussion but you should get a follow-up whatever um and he's talking to his buddy 
and then she kind of ambushes him or whatever and he's like oh yeah um what's his name boomer or something like that i forget but uh dozer dozer yeah he's like oh yeah and you can have one for me and dozer she's like who and he looks over and there's no one sitting next to him but we do see the back door opening and the back and someone's back somebody leaving yeah and so we would assume it's him but it also the way that that's set up there is a question of whether or not there really was someone yeah. there and if it was him so the way that they're filming stuff and they're kind of setting up the shots it's like it's even leading the viewer to question yeah. what we're seeing and whether or not he really is losing it yeah. we come to find out that's not the case he's not losing it everybody's everybody is an asshole um and it's funny because after he gets killed and he's like, oh, it's a conspiracy. Something's going on. I was thinking like, oh, shit. They're getting rid of the team, period. Yep. We already know that. They're getting rid of the team, the terminal list. And he's going to be next. And I, and I hate to say it. like, no. I, I, so this is what I said. I was like, oh, you know what? He's probably going to go and try to get revenge for everyone. But I'm like, damn, he's got a wife and a kid. That's going to kind of hinder him. I wish he didn't have his family because then he could just go balls to the wall and just be, you know, whatever, like crazy. I was like, oh, man, if they could just like get divorced or get rid of them or whatever. Well, as soon as I fucking said that, uh, they send assassins after him to kill him with his own gun uh but he too nice with it so he gets out of that well, he kills one wounds the other yeah but then he's driving home and i'm like oh shit they were gonna kill him he's on the way home i'm like fuck they set it up to look like he lost his mind mm-hmm. killed his family and then killed himself walk in the house yep they already did and i was like damn I shouldn't have said anything. What a pressure moment, too. Like, I mean, it was going to happen regardless, but I felt like an asshole for saying it. Yeah, I mean, and I got to give Pratt um, some credit here for the acting in that scene because I felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to call him the best dramatic actor. But no, but I feel like he did a good job this whole show. show yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of the moment where I was like, all right, this is this shit is real because he popped his wife and daughter, and they were completely innocent. And that's what it is. So he ends up burying his wife and daughter, right? And the and the thing is, unfortunately, the forces behind it. I know they was pissed yeah. off because they killed them and didn't ensure to kill him. And they were like, "What the fuck?" So he survived and he got wounded. So they're like, "Shit." So now we got to investigate this as if somebody else killed them. But let's sprinkle a little bit of doubt in there. But yeah, it's not like he can go down for it because he he clearly fought someone off. Like yeah. the way that he's injured, he he did not injure himself. Um, and then he goes to Warcom and is talking to this. I guess he's a general or admiral. no, he's an admiral. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, you know, we're trying to help you and me and this guy are it's a full time job to keep you from this and that. And you couldn't even keep your team and your family um, alive. And he grips this man up. He's about to fuck him up. But the other guy in the room basically stops him. Mm-hmm. But what we come to find out later, I'm just like, yo, this bitch has some fucking nerve from the get-go we both clocked them we were like i mean you know everything in the it 
this is a cliche story, right? This is not a new story, mm-hmm. but I liked watching it unfold. And it was just like so many things that were rage inducing and just fueled like as an audience member being like, yes, go after these bitches. Mm-hmm. Get your shit back in blood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really one of those like <sighs> tactical espionage like thrillers because this dude has lost everything. He's having headaches. Um, we find out that he um, is, is not just concussed, but not only him, but his whole team were basically the guinea pigs for an exp- experimental drug mm-hmm. and every, everything was sanctioned by the government yep. to experiment on them, affecting their ability to do their job safely in the field. Well, yeah. So essentially what they were trying to do was interrupt, I guess, the neural pathways for when you do things that would normally traumatize a person emotionally for them to disconnect those things so that they don't feel the basically stopping people from feeling PTSD um, and getting emotional trauma from war to to allow for them to operate for longer. Right without those mental and emotional scars mm-hmm. um and you know this 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 thing went high up so like the the whole terminal list is about his daughter drew a picture and he kept it and on the back of it he wrote the names of everyone who he found out was involved in this conspiracy to have him and his men killed to experiment on them without their consent to um of course played a hand in killing his wife and daughter and then also were part of the um the payoff and the businesses that were involved in the people who made money from the business dealings of this company who's responsible for this uh drug yeah what were they called was it treads not treadstone capstone capstone yeah and the head of that he's just this like he's supposed to be really smart but he's also a douchebag and like very much a bro and he's like really into like running tactical drills and stuff like that and it kind of seems like it's got a little bit of like a Blackwater-esque type of thing going on where they have like quote unquote private security slash mercenaries or whatever and like during his lunch breaks they go run like tactical drills and shit and he's very like gung-ho and i work out and take supplements and shit well fast forward you know reese he's picking people off he's finding shit out and he's finding out that capstone you know well we thought that was the head it ain't the head of course as is everything the government is the the head of the snake or whatever but um, you know, he's basically making his way to the head of Capstone. And finally, when he gets his ass, this man is a bitch. He blows up his car. The, the half of his face gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his private security got to pull his ass out the car and, and, and throw a gun in his hand. He's like, get your shit together, fanboy. Mm-hmm. The shit has hit the fan. So all that shit that you, all the games that you were playing, all the shit that you were giving us for the decisions we made in these tactical games. Okay, well, the time is now. And he just 
just sitting there basically shitting and pissing himself. Yeah. So finally, Reese picks off his whole team and gets his ass, and he's shooting at him. Not a single shot hit, just firing into the wind, and finally gets him. He's like, "No, no, please!" and it's taken out. And I'm like, the whole show leading up to that moment, he was a arrogant piece of shit. Um, there's one point where an FBI agent who was former army clocks him because he's like oh yeah i don't know anything about reese and blah 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 and then she looks at his tattoo and he's got this specific tattoo with um with a, a, fro- a frogman tattoo and she was like that's bullshit you got that tattoo so they're like oh so it looks like you were in the same team and then he's like oh no i wasn't but i'm um i guess he was a military brat and he's like oh this is for like reverence or whatever mm-hmm. towards them and it was just like so you're a fucking fraud yeah. why do you have that tattoo you did not earn it yeah it was it was like yeah he he was he was liquid hot garbage i was happy to see when he got mangled but talk to me about how you felt about uh constance Wu. she was in the show as katie burenick who was a um a she war a correspondent. Reporter. She's a reporter. Um, I liked her. I liked how she kind of furthered. I mean, she kind of furthered the plot, but also she was pretty annoying herself. And there were plenty of times where it was like the things that you're doing could have very well, very seriously hindered him. Yeah. And then like she was looking at him like he was crazy and she's like oh you have a tumor and you believe all this shit and then she was like oh well what happened to this being a conspiracy from the 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 bio war terrorist and he was like yeah no it's not about him no more she was looking at him like oh you're just gonna move on now and it's like yeah girl when you learn new information you move on from the point that was wrong uh and so then he you know see some guy skulking around he's like yo did you see that guy with the wraparound shades she's like what no i didn't see anybody he's like yeah we gotta leave so she following him like he's insane she's like oh we're about to run he's like nah we're not about to run he backs up into the guy and comes out and he's like oh sorry buddy didn't see you there and then the guy starts shooting at him so he unloads in him and gets in the truck and me and you whole time was like okay so he was just crazy you bet you don't think he's crazy now yep this it was a lot of that in this show like but she kind kept of, on questioning him after he kept <laughs> proving that girl th- i know what the fuck i'm talking about right like, yeah it was a lot of that it was a lot of like intentional questioning of james reese and his mental acuity and his ability to see things as they were and he saved her so many times when she thought that you know oh well you're just being paranoid or you know part of part of your tumor is paranoia and and all these other things he would just be like yo there's somebody following us and it'd be somebody following them the crazy part to me so i'll say this and then i'll be realistic in watching it the crazy part to me too was when he was telling her like all the stuff where he was like yeah we can't use whatsapp that's been compromised for years we need to use uh three some shit yeah. whatever whatever the name of the app was and like you know all this other kind of shit and she was just looking at him like he was crazy and i'm like girl 
he's a Navy SEAL. It looks like he's been he does a whole bunch of counterintelligence shit. And like he has had to infiltrate a whole bunch of different places. Like if anybody would know what to do, it would be him. And the fact that you're just like being so incredulous about the things that he's asking you to do, like I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if he was just some random Joe Schmo off the street and was like, Oh, we gotta put aluminum foil on our heads and on the windows so that the government <laughs> can't send their, you know, radio waves into our heads. Like then, you know, yes, look at him like he's crazy. But like legitimately this man up until, you know, he started killing people out in the streets of america was a highly decorated navy seal but whatever right so that's how i was feeling throughout the whole show because she just would not let go of this doubting of him even though at every turn he was being proven to be correct yeah in reality to a certain extent that would probably be her because i question everything and yeah. I always ask why and keep asking why and keep asking That's more how she questions got where she to get got. more information. Yes. So I was like, damn, this bitch is annoying as fuck. And then I had to stop and re-enter into reality and be like, oh, shit. This must be how people think about me. No. <laughs> oh, no. How sweet and cute of you. Never. Would I, um, yeah. So great show. Mm-hmm. We find out ultimately that there's one name on this list that benefited from the dealings of capstone and it's it's essentially uh the only name that his friend who he served with but also was in the cia at this point the only name that his friend can't find for him and we find out well it's the only name no one really has access to so well we find out that ultimately this name um or this account goes to a bank in peru and his friend has been telling him like yo why don't we just retire let's just get out of here there's this beach in peru so it comes to find out that his friend his homie who had been basically helping him the whole time And I feel like we called this as well, Mm -hmm. but he was the last beneficiary and ultimately the last one on his list after after Reese had gone and, and, and procured a trail of blood of all the people that had wronged him and his family and his men. At the end of the day, it was his best friend that basically he he comes in and Reese approaches him. He's basically like. Yeah, dude, I saw your your scans for y'all brains. Like, I knew what they were doing to y'all, and, and I just wanted y'all to be able to go out with, with pride. boots on the ground, yeah. With boots on the ground. You know, doing this thing, doing what you, doing something you felt mattered to you, right? Right. So, essentially, I believe they had already been doing the testing. They brought him in as a way to provide the bad, the bad intel yeah. that would set them up to be murdered right to basically cover up right the testing his thought process was i didn't want y'all to die as invalids in a hospital bed because you were gonna die anyways so i set up this way for you to go out in a blaze of glory blood guts and fear and terror because that would that would be so much better for you guys yeah because you're warriors and then he was like but when they killed your wife and daughter 
I had nothing to do with that and I wasn't down with that. So I helped you. I'll be honest, from a standpoint of, of me being on Reese's side though, I'm glad he took that route at the end of saying, you know, but when they killed Luce and what was his wife's name? Sarah? Something like that? I think both L names. Whatever. But Lucy was the daughter. But when they killed the two girls, that's what made me want to help you because they took it too far, right? Mm -hmm. I'm glad he said it that way because he, he could have gone the other route of you're the one who killed them because you didn't have the good sense to die in Syria. You just had to live. Which was basically how the Admiral was was acting and that's yeah. why he got blown up yeah that's how he was acting so i'm glad he didn't go that way because you know some people might have taken that that way and was like okay i mean yes the bond is irreparably broken mm-hmm. you know you killed my whole team you were gonna kill me with your with your fucked up intel and then in turn that turned into them trying to make it look like i had an episode and killed my family and killed myself so that's where I saw that capstone guy Steve Horn that's Jai Courtney I don't know what he does he's an actor who's played in some things that I'm aware of oh okay but he's not like ultra he has a nice last name popular yeah he does (laughs) Um, but yeah so ultimately um, Terminal List was great I'm really glad that I woke up and we got to watch it and um i hope y'all enjoy it too we didn't binge it in one night we had no the episodes are long and yeah i think it took us a couple days thursday to friday no more like wednesday because i think i woke up and went to work the next day so yeah wednesday night thursday night i believe okay yeah good show any final thoughts it was good. I um actually am looking forward to season two. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I'm there. I'm I'm for it. I don't know. Maybe he'll get something to shrink his tumor or something. Yeah, because we didn't see him die, right? Mm-mm. He was just on the boat. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Which would be crazy because that'll fr- that'll further compound that his comrades and his family died for nothing. What essentially. You mean? Because if the tumor can be shrunk or if he can have it removed or whatever, well, not die for nothing because for them to have it removed or any sort of treatment, they would have to be told that they have it. And then that still would be a problem for the government. Right. Um, But if he wasn't going to die, which his friend thought he was going to die anyways, that means he put all that shit into motion for no reason. Yeah, I mean, it might have been when he was told that you know the the people who undergo this trial are going to be you know they're going to have tumors that'll kill them well i don't think that they knew that they were going to get tumors that was just an unfortunate side effect where they're like all right well gotta gotta cut the cameras gotta turn it off now because they got brain tumors so can't continue with this trial and uh we got to cover up what we did yeah 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 okay let's uh move it on what is next, baby? Hunters. Yes. Um, so, season two of Hunters. That one also. That one also came in strong. Um, we have got uh, his name is Ezra, right? No, what's his name? Jonah. Jonah. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Am I Stig- thinking about you people? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of, you're thinking Jonah about jo- Ezra, that's Jonah what it Hill. is. Jonah Hill's character was Ezra, and I was like, oh, what's his name? And it was I. I switched you it. So mm-hmm. yes, Jonah. Uh, he's coming in. I was like, who is this man? Before the last season, he was a fresh-faced little boy. Now he got a rugged man with a little short, fair, fossa hair slip <laughs> and some facial hair. And I was like, all right, this man kills. I'm not even going. It's like not on that. Man. I'm not even going to spend a whole bunch of time on hunters. Um, hunters was probably singularly the best television that we watched that year when the pre when the first season came out uh-huh this is how i feel and season two was just as excellent but not as surprising because of the amazing um turn of events from season one like they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't recapture that right um but in season one, we find out that Adolf Hitler is indeed still alive and in hiding in South America. And Jonah and the Hunters find out that uh, Al Pacino's character, who's still quite a, in season two quite a bit through the, due to flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, but they find out that his character is indeed the wolf that, you know, was a heinous killer of Jews and he came over to the United States and got um, surgery and he was um, impersonating a Jewish man whom he killed. Yep. And we find out in season two that the reason why all of this began is because um, Jonah's Safta, his grandmother, found out about the, the wolf and found out that he was actually Urban or Meyer Offerman. Well, yes. So the wolf was pretending to be Meyer Offerman throughout the whole season. Basically, we're having flashbacks, which are leading up to him meeting Jonah. So we get to see how he started, you know, his whole Nazi hunting group, which basically was all in an effort to hide himself. So he was just getting rid of basically all these people who could identify him uh, because there was one man that was sent to find him or to out him uh, because it was another Nazi guy that was like living the life in Connecticut or some shit like that and sent like a lower level soldier after him and he was like yo if they can find me other people can find me let me as a Jewish man quote unquote Mm -hmm. put together this group to find these other hiding Nazis because I want to be the last to survive. Mm-hmm. And clearly, you guys are going to try and reach out to me or whatever other type of shit and blow my spot up. And I can't have that. Um, so, but as he's doing that, you know, he reconnects with, um, you know, Jonah Softa. Yeah. And, you know, that's weird because they had a relationship. She had his quote unquote baby um just a lot uh and throughout the whole season we're getting these flash flashbacks of Meyer and towards the very end we find he realized that she realized who he was um and she was about to tell everybody 
And he was the one who basically said, not basically, he was the one Mm -hmm. who set everything in motion in first, in the first season by sending that other Nazi to kill her. Yeah. So that comes to find out what sets everything in motion from season one. So there are two, there are kind of two timelines that we're playing with throughout season two. And that's the current timeline where we are hunting Hitler, basically. In the previous timeline, that develops Meyer Offerman as a character and why he was originally putting this team together mm-hmm. of hunters, which was good because we got backstories on a lot of people that we didn't get last year, um, which is always fun for me. But yeah, I don't have too much to say it's fucking awesome yeah like, a lot of action we got to see i'm sorry what was um we got to see joe basically he got brainwashed into being you know a, a trigger man for the, mm-hmm. the nazis in argentina he um ends up shooting what's her name roxy roxy because uh, they had a thing going on or whatever um much to the much to the chagrin of uh what's his name something flair lonnie flash lonnie Lonnie flash because they had a thing going on but he fucked it up with his issues Mm -hmm. um it was just a lot a lot of daring do uh jonah met his aunt who they thought was dead she knew about them for like over 20 years and just would not reveal herself um there was a weird ass episode in the uh, towards the end about um air air handsome and his wife basically they created this house to hide jewish people uh and it was also like had killing traps in it when the nazi jewish people hunters came uh it was an interesting episode actually it started off weird it started off really weird and then it started to make sense and they're like oh because it looks like these two old people are just talking to themselves and playing games with themselves and being really weird but they're actually talking to the jewish people that are hiding in the walls and hiding in the floorboards and hiding in the ceiling so um that was good and that set up the back story for z who was jonah's aunt's lover it didn't seem like they actually got married yeah, Zed, right? Zed. Um, I said Z. Zed. Yeah, they didn't get married, but they were together for like twenty years. Mm-hmm. And she said, "When I, when, when I became more important to him than the job of hunting Nazis, I had to let him go." Yeah. But apparently, and I, I didn't know this until just now. It says, uh, "Series characters draw from a number of real Nazi hunters through the decades." But are not meant to be a specific representation of any of them. I can see that just because, like, there are a lot of things that are in there that come from real stuff. Yeah. Like in the first season, like Project Paperclip and all that other kind of bullshit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. There's. There's not much more for me to say, to be honest with you. I mean, I just love the show. It's hard for me to be critical of it. Logan Lerman um, was great. He had this little girlfriend who he was trying to marry and trying to move on and get out of the business. So finding and and getting Hitler was big for him. Yeah, so he could move on. She was annoying to me. She was very annoying. But 
you know, he had been lying to her. And that's the cost of lying in literally every show ever. That, you know, your person is going to be more upset at you about lying. Than I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend to not be mad about people who lie and not having like a, you know, a, a strong reaction to it. Mm-hmm. But God damn it. I think there can be an exception to be made about hunting down Nazis who person like for the most part personally mutilated and murdered your people mm-hmm. uh, t- to not to mention your own grandmother who was a Nazi camp survivor like and you'd be like no but there's better ways to deal with it and blah 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 and it's like bitch the fuck are you even talking about like more than so at a point more than half of the people in this group you know people have passed away but at a point more than half of the people in this group were in concentration camps Mm -hmm. and you gonna talk to them about what's the better thing to do and what's what a good person would do mitch you have no i no earthly idea about the shit that they suffered and you talking about some oh call the police the nazis was the police at one point yeah so what the fuck are you saying like bitch have some sense have some fucking sense be fucking for real you got all this moral condemnation for me jeez mm-hmm. and bread and that's when when she said when she said that her parents were art dealers i was like oh are her parents nazis because you know they love to steal artwork and, and profit off of it and hide it and shit like that where you get that where you get them art pieces from hmm. but they didn't say that they but if there's gonna be a season three I wonder I don't know like I wonder if Jonah's gonna go up in their house and see some shit and be like wait a minute <laughs> yeah I don't know uh, I mean but it'd be okay if this was the end you know as far as like how I feel and the way well, that, that they, one boy got away which boy? Oh, the, oh, the Travis. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, without Hitler or even Braun, I don't think he's terribly powerful. I mean, but he stirred up all them people in a um, prison, got all them neo Nazis together in there. So yeah. I guess it seems like he's got some sort of charisma. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not on, you know, a global stage like Hitler and Ava Braun, he can do some little damage I guess I don't know yeah okay hmm it was just good man um tracing these Nazis going in and out of real life events um and yeah watch the shit yeah it was really good (laughs) watch watch the shit I mean we've been we've been highly anticipating it and it did not disappoint yeah um, Jonah's aunt was a piece of shit in the best way. Oh, you know what? We binged on your birthday. We do. I don't know if we watched the entire thing. Mm, that I day. think we took a break. I think yeah. we took a break and then we woke up the next day. No. Because the next day I had to go to work. But the next day I think we watched it at nighttime. It sounds about right. Or when you got home. No, we finished it. I think we started the day before your birthday. 
that night and when then we got watched home, the rest then of we it go, yeah the we next woke day. up and we got breakfast because we were both off yeah. we were watching the physical 100 and then that ended and I was like do you want to start Hunters yeah and let's you know honorable mention to the physical 100 on Netflix that was good we'll be it back next week for that because we need the we need the finale oh true yeah it didn't yeah. finish it didn't, it didn't finish. finish oh yeah. wow so right. we'll be back next month with that because that's a good show Mm-hmm. Um, little K um, game show type genre. Yeah. Really, really fun. Okay. Any final thoughts on Hunters? No, I think we summarized it pretty well. We didn't go into great detail, but I don't think we need to. Yeah, I mean, if y'all are still here and haven't started it yet, just start it. Um, let us know what you think. And, um, you know, I know we spoil a lot, but that's what you're here for. So, let's move on. Final um, topic of the evening. The Last of Us. Um, at the halfway mark. Um, and how at we feel. At the halfway mark of the show? Yes. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, so the last one that we came, that we talked about... Uh, the last time you guys were with us, I believe, was episode three. No, episodes one and two. Oh, we didn't even talk about episode three. Didn't Holy talk about crap. episode three. All right. Well, <laughs> episode three, four, and five. No, episode three, three, yeah. four. Three, four, and five. Three, four, and five. Shit. That's where um, we're at. Uh, we have had a lot of tears, I suppose. Uh, episode three um that one basically broke the internet so this was the story of bill and frank Frank. yeah uh and um played by nick offerman nick offerman i was thinking of i was trying to find his name i was like oh my god like don't (laughs) don't say ron bartlett yes um masterful yeah nick offerman he acted his fucking ass off um it was a it was a beautiful episode they i guess deviated uh mm-hmm. but this is canon now but they deviated from the game where i mean they were partners but in the show they're partners um but yeah bill and frank actually have a romantic relationship they live a life together and the whole episode is basically a flashback um and they're just kind of showing how they traversed this pandemic together the end of the world yeah this was probably the best episode of television i've ever seen um and i've seen a lot of great tv in my lifetime i'm sure y'all have too dear listener but this episode broke me in a sense not tragic not upset but just how beautiful a story they were able to give us in an hour and maybe a little bit more than an hour and it chronicled their relationship fully um it completely fleshed out characters who we didn't get to know in this way in the game and they deviated and it was masterful and it was beautiful and it was kind and it was considerate and it's just one of the best love stories i think we've gotten on television just pure love stories um and with it being in the backdrop of such calamity it was that more beautiful and i i 
I'm still, you know, shooketh. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, for me, I wouldn't say maybe it's one of the best love stories that I've seen. Um, however, um, I will agree that it's one of the best television episodes I've ever seen. Um, I thought that the level of care and tenderness that was brought in by Frank that Bill was able to experience, especially with this being like basically the end of days for many people. Uh, luckily, Bill was kind of cantankerous, uh, kept to himself, mm-hmm. and basically was a doomsday prepper. Mm-hmm. Um, and much like uh, Nick Offerman's other character that he's well known for, was um, very much so against the government uh, and its tyranny and made sure that he would be able to take care of himself and live off the land. And because of that, he was able to provide what arguably might even be considered a better life for him and Frank. I mean, for what? Close to 20 years, they were together and they were left alone and, and not in a bad way, left alone from the world they were unencumbered by you know society right and and homophobia and people Mm -hmm. trying to take away their rights or not being able to do what they want to do like they were able to just be themselves and live together uh and to a certain degree not be affected negatively in the same way most of the rest of the world was affected. They still yeah. had electricity, running water. They sitting there drinking wine and eating steaks and shit like that. Like um yeah. there was I mean one thing they didn't have which was sweet when they did have it was strawberries. Mm-hmm. We got to hear the Nick Offerman giggle when Frank surprised him with strawberries. But yeah, no, nah, it was just cute and you know at the end it was the end unfortunately frank had uh, a very uh, degenerative degenerative disease i think people were thinking he had als maybe yeah um that left him wheelchair bound and almost virtually completely unable to move care for walk, himself, care for himself yeah. uh really just the basics of movements and he finally had decided i have had enough uh, and I want you to make today the best day of all our days mm-hmm. um, because I don't want to have another one. And, you know, Bill at first was just like, no, I don't want to do it. He cried. And finally he relented because he was like, yeah, I do love you and I don't want you to suffer. And uh, they had a great day. They got married. Um, they, they got had a, some suits. Mm-hmm, they got, you know, got dressed up. Uh, they had a wonderful dinner. Bill placed Frank's plate down in front of him just the way that he likes. Uh, and then they had some wine and they went to bed. Now, prior to going to bed, uh, we found out that Bill had also dosed himself. And he was like, if you're going, I'm going. Because uh, I was made, essentially, what I found out, my purpose was to take care of you, mm-hmm. to be with you, to protect you. To make a good life for you. And if you're not here, I don't have a purpose anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And Frank was like, I should be mad, but that's really fucking romantic. Yeah. I was like, yeah, bitch, it is. What you gonna do? But yeah, so that's episode three, man. And, you know, it it was it was damn good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh going into episode four. Well, yeah, which set it up for that because um Jake uh, Jake Joel Joel and Ellie find him uh, or find them uh, and there's a lovely little letter left by Bill saying well, yeah it's whoever finds us but it's probably going to be Joel <laughs> because anybody else is going to get electrocuted or whatever mm-hmm. in my traps and <laughs> as Ellie um, so eloquently read. and theatrically read um, but yeah he sets them up Take the take the truck. Here's a whole bunch of gear and and food and shit, and they're on their way. Yeah, because the goal is still to get to Wyoming to try to find Tommy. Um, but this episode goes straight into the next um, delineation from the game, in the sense that they're driving along and they come across Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, where there is, you know, no clear cut path through, so they have to take go through the city, and of course they are ambushed like they are in the game, and Joel fights off the ambush, and they're stuck in the city, and there is no Fedra, there is no quarantine zone. This city has been, um, recently Quote, revolutionized, liberated, yeah. yeah, or liberated from the clutches of the federal regime and it's been taken over and led by a lady named Kathleen who is looking with all desperation for a man named Henry uh, and we get to see the story of episode 4 which is really in my mind a setup episode to kind of uh, world build in Kansas City a little bit with those people mm-hmm. and also give Joel and Ellie some tense moments and um, ability to connect more in episode four. Uh, episode five is called Endure and Survive. And this is when Joel and Ellie meet Sam and Henry or Henry and Sam yep. who are survivors of the federal liberation However, Henry was a rat. He gave up people to Fedra in order to have a better life for himself and his brother. Yep, which is why Kathleen is looking for him because one of the people that he gave up was her brother, who was the original leader of the resistance. Um, And what we come to find out is he was a really good man. Everybody loved him. Um... But as the guy, the actor who actually played the voice, was the voice actor for Tommy, he is like a soldier in the resistance. He Perry. tells Perry, mm-hmm. he tells Kathleen, like, yeah, we well, all loved your brother, but he didn't change anything. You did. Which um, she, I mean, I don't think she's having th- second thoughts or really misgivings, but she's kind of like, you know, I don't really know if my brother would like the person that I became, but that's fine. And he's like, yeah, that's fine with us too. Like, yeah, you are going overboard, but you may change. So, you know, you can't argue with the results. We're with you, baby. Right. Um, yeah, so Endurance Survive is basically the 
trek through Kansas City and Henry's idea of going through the underground in order to get out of this non-federal police state and ultimately escape Kathleen. We find out and we have great moments of solitude with Ellie and Sam being able to play and read comic books and bond. Yeah, did we mention that in the show, Sam is deaf and played by a deaf actor? Yeah. Which I, pardon me, and I think a lot of people agreed was a good, was an effective change because it also shows how much now, and I think they they de-aged him as well. They made him younger. Mm -hmm. Um, How much Sam has to rely on Henry to get through this new world because he can't hear when yeah. clickers are coming up. He can't he hear how loud he is, you know? So, um, it's basically like he, without legitimately without Henry, Sam probably would not survive. Right. Um, and what did you think of that change? I mean, the dynamic between Sam and Henry in the game I only vaguely remembered that, to mm-hmm. be honest. So for it to be a change, like at first I was like, oh, was he was he deaf in the game? And you were like, no, nah, he wasn't. So I think it was I think it was a good change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was effective. Uh, also, of course, making him younger that also helped in the ending of them. Uh, pull on the heartstrings mm-hmm. um, but no I thought it definitely illustrated and gave a feeling of this being more that they them having a more desperate time because it's, it's gonna be much harder for him especially without having the backing of Fedra to keep his brother alive mm-hmm. I mean you know after everything went down unfortunately uh, he he didn't do it for too long, so yeah, it had only what been a matter of eleven days. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're they're taking some liberties. Um, Endurance Survive was a another amazing episode because it took something that was really established well in the game, and it kind of turned it on the head a little bit. Um, that kind of catches us up, honestly. Yeah. Episode six airs tonight. It's it's funny because the way that they've been changing things and the way that they and in this episode, the way that it almost seemed like they were able to easily evade Kathleen and easily evade um, the infected and stuff like that. I was like, oh, is this is this gonna be different? Is mm-hmm. Sam gonna survive? Is Henry gonna survive? Then he's not gonna get bit. It's fine. And then they come out of the tunnels and they get, you know, trapped by a sniper, which Joel goes around and kills him. And he doesn't want to because it's the oldest man. He's like, please don't make me do this, man. And the guy, he just wouldn't back down. So he had to kill him. And of course, he was working with the resistance uh, and basically holding them. Pardon me, y'all. Hold them down until they could get there. Kathleen arrives. She says some shit that was crazy foreshadowing. Basically, like, you think your brother is the only one that matters, that he's the most important in the world? And it's like, clearly, that's how you feel about your brother. And, oh, kids die every day. And, like, okay, uh, that's fucked up. Uh, And then, you know, one of their trucks that got blown up 
falls into a pit and a whole bunch of infected that have been underground just swarming and waiting to come out because you guys had a big old party up top and they could hear it Mm. come out and start murking people it was funny i was telling marshall when it happened when you start hearing all the clicking noises and the roaring and rumbling and stuff like that if i was part of that uh little group going to get henry first of all i first thing was i was gonna make sure i was towards the back because mm-hmm. I ain't shooting no kids, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely no black kids. I ain't shooting them. Uh, I barely want to be here. Yeah, you liberated me, so fine. I'm here. I got to follow orders, but um, I'm going to be back here. As soon as I heard all that mess, I'm turning around and dipping. I was like, yep, you'll just you'll just hear that. Courtney, where you going? I'm like, bitch, you don't hear that shit? You're out of your fucking mind if you think I'm staying for this. Like, please. Uh, and then we see for the first time a bloater that thing looked crazy and he was fucking people up yeah i was like god damn suplexed one one person then perry ripped his shit up from the jaw i was like my god perry's like you need to run girl because sir you could have left with her i don't understand why he didn't leave with her she would need a bodyguard that was dumb to me to sit there and just have your shit split open. Man said it was time for his muffin to get peeled back blue. Mm-hmm. And then Kathleen, she just couldn't let it go. And so she gets attacked by that acrobatic infected girl. She was gross. The way she was flipping and shit like that in the car after Ellie. So, yeah. So that was the end of her by a child who dies every day. <laughs> um... And then we get to the fun part, the part that cracks your chest open and pulls out your heart and stomps it into the ground. Uh, The interaction between Ellie and Sam when she finds out or when he shows her that he got bit and she tries to heal him with her blood because it's medicine and he makes her promise not to fall asleep and stay up with him all night and she promptly falls asleep and he turns alone i was like damn you're a bitch <laughs> yeah and of course he immediately attacks her well yeah but see that's the thing because he's deaf so he didn't even when he turned i guess he didn't even realize she was there until she went to go touch his shoulder because she called his name and he of course didn't hear right her, so so you know of course they come out the door she she's being attacked henry and joel wake up henry grabs the gun first and he sees what's happening and he's just panicked and 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 he shoots his brother in that in that moment of panic not knowing anything else to do and once that moment ends and ellie is safe and he's sitting there like what did i do what 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 did i do and the moment overtakes him and he's like yo just give me the gun give me the gun give me the gun and henry just he couldn't live with himself couldn't live with himself and he and he shoots himself Right, and that was the thing too, because you could tell Joel wasn't trying to get the gun because he was scared he that he was going to shoot them. Like he saw his mental state immediately crumbling, and uh, yeah, I was sad because I was like, perhaps it'll be different. And yeah. They were like, mm, perhaps not. Perhaps the lady will have a salad. <laughs> perhaps not. <laughs> so yeah, sorry about that. So yeah. It was, it was, 
I did pop a couple thug tears for this episode. I was I was reclaimed. For sure. And Ellie is using the little um the little writing toy that Sam uses to speak to people and they were talking through it the entire episode and she drops that thing on his grave and Joel looks at it and all it says is that I'm sorry. And Ellie asks, which is the way to go west and let's fucking go and we are now on to episode six and wherever that takes us. Mm-hmm. I hope it gives us a reprieve of emotional violence. <laughs> we will they've see. Been, they've been jumping us every week and I'm just like, I y'all don't see them hitting me. Like, I just need a break, man. You know, let me recuperate, you know, splint my arm, something like that. Yeah. Bandage my wounds. And they're like, nah, girl. Uh, meet us behind the, you know, behind the building at three, because uh, I'm about to kick your ass again. I'm just like, please, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any more. Man, I tell you one thing, man. This show is, um, it's everything we thought it would be so far. At the halfway point. Uh, I mean, what's the Neil Druckmann? Yeah, he's delivering on his promises because he was like, "Yo, for episode three he was like oh, y'all thought that was a sad episode this was a nice one and I'm just like what did, did you say yeah and you, then, you can't follow Neil Druckmann on Twitter you can't and then he has the nerve after the last show to come out and be like I'm sorry and I'm just like you shut your whore mouth mm. you're not sorry yeah but you're not it's uh it's rough man so we will uh we'll go ahead and wrap this up. We'll see what we could do here. Get to this episode tonight. And um We'll see you next month. Next month we will be covering the physical one hundred. Hopefully, uh some updates on our My Hero Academia watch through Fox um, Machina. Box Machina and hopefully Alice in Borderland. Because we're yeah. I mean, we're starting to. We like that. We're starting to get caught up, though. So you know, yeah, we've been binging a lot. Yeah. So, so, uh, with that, I'm Marshall. Check down below for all the places you can find me. This is Courtney. Yes. And um, yeah, we'll see y'all next month. Thanks for listening, Blurred Watchers. Bye.